Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome. Israel and You is the radio and social media voice of a ministry called Israel Team Advocates International. What do we do? We try to turn the tide of growing anti-Israelism, anti-Semitism on college campuses, especially on evangelical college campuses where professors are teaching this old theology that died off after the Holocaust called replacement theology, that uh, the church has replaced Israel, that God has no further plans for the Jewish people or for the nation of Israel. So we do presentations, uh, we work with students, and coming up in the month of April, we have two live events in the state of Alabama. So if you're anywhere in the state of Alabama, we invite you uh, to these events. Israel team is coming to a city near you. So in Mobile, Alabama on April 26th, it's a Monday night, it'll be at Cottage Hill Baptist Church, and the keynote speaker, is Coach Bruce Pearl, head men's basketball coach at Auburn University. And Bruce is one of uh, five or six uh, Jewish basketball coaches that have gone to the final, final four. And so he'll be speaking April 26th at Cottage Hill Baptist Church in Mobile. And then at Auburn, Alabama, near Auburn University, on April 29th, that same week, it will be at Lakeview Baptist Church. It's a Thursday night at 7 p.m., April 29th. And again, Coach Pearl will be speaking at that event. So we, we invite you, as Israel team is now branching out uh, state by state, uh, to work on college campuses and do live events uh, in uh, venues near college campuses. So one professor this week, I was talking to him. He's bringing his entire class uh, to one of our Israel Team Advocates events uh, to hear Coach Pearl uh, talk about the rising tide of anti-Israelism, anti-Semitism in America. So you can help us in these events. You can go to uh, israelteam.org. And uh, for the month of March, we're offering uh, two books, The Casualty of Contempt. Uh, Coach Pearl is one of the authors of this book. Coach Dale Brown from LSU is one of the authors of the book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. And then Two Minute Warning, book I co-wrote with Coach Bill McCartney from Promise Keepers uh, about how and why it's time to honor Jewish people. So you can go to israelteam.org. That website is an educational website. You can download material about uh, anti-Semitism, about the family meal, the importance of eating together as a family. It's a, it's a wonderful Jewish concept of teaching your children around the table. You can see our podcast archives. You can read articles about God's love for Israel. There's educational videos. You can also listen to our podcasts. You can uh, download a free app from Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Google, Stitcher, and so on. Uh, and you can hear our weekly podcast, uh, which is this, this radio program. We send out in a podcast form after we broadcast on American Family 
Radio. So this month, in the month of March, we've been talking about uh, the Jewish Feast of Purim, also known as the Feast of Esther. And we've been talking about this wonderful concept of deliverance and enlargement. And in the Jewish Feast of Purim, God delivered the Jewish people from total annihilation. Uh, The gallows were built to hang Mordecai the Jew, who refused to bow to this evil man named Haman, who was second in command in the Persian Empire. The Persian Empire controlled 127 providences in the known world at the time. Basically, they they were the chief nation among nations, and Israel was in that uh, providential empire of uh, Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and Haman set a date in order to annihilate all the Jews on the planet. And, of course, Mordecai appealed to Queen Esther in Esther 4.14, and he said, If you remain silent at this time, enlargement and deliverance will arise for our people from another place. So what was Mordecai saying? He was saying, This is God's mercy in action. Not only does God have a plan to deliver us, but he also has a plan to enlarge our sphere of influence and enlarge our borders. And so what happened was the opposite happened. And Haman was actually hung on the gallows built for Mordecai, and God delivered his people with a great deliverance. Second Peter 2.9 says, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And this is so true for us today. When you're facing a trial, say with Peter, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And this is what Mordecai was saying to Queen Esther. The Lord knows how. If you do nothing, Esther, if you don't appeal to the king in our behalf, God's going to bring deliverance and enlargement uh, to us no matter what. It's on the way. Mordecai was certain of it. And Mordecai knew this because the Jewish people celebrated God's rescuing power every single year in the Feast of Passover, where God slam-dunked an entire nation in order to rescue his people from slavery. And when you think about it, uh, the Jewish feasts, most of them deal with God's rescuing power. They commemorate the Lord's ability to deliver the godly out of trials. So Passover, the the 10th plague over Egypt, God uh, takes out the firstborn of all of Egypt and delivers his people from 400 years of bondage. And in Rosh Hashanah, it's known as uh, the Feast of Trumpets or the Feast of the Last Trumpet or the Feast of the Opening of the Gates. It speaks of a futuristic time when God is going to deliver his people at the blowing of the trumpet. A, A great... Uh, judgment is coming upon the nations of the earth that rise up against the God of Israel, uh, the Jewish people, and Christians all over the world. And so God is coming with with a great uh, trumpet sound and great judgment. The Feast of Tabernacles, God's saying to the children of Israel, listen, you lived in booths and in tents, all in your wilderness wanderings. Don't forget how God delivered you from Egypt and how he delivered you from the wilderness. In the Feast of Hanukkah, 
known as the Feast of Lights, as a commemoration and a celebration of God delivering the Jewish people from an evil man named Antiochus Epiphanes, who desecrated the temple, and God provided uh, oil in order to light the menorah for for eight days. And so uh, Purim is the Feast of, of Esther, where, where God delivers all the Jewish people in the known world from annihilation. So right now, Passover is upon us. And celebrating Passover, celebrating, in fact, all the feasts of of Israel will add rich meaning to your life. And as we come into this Passover season, if you've studied the book of Exodus, you most likely remember the word Passover. And and Passover is, is a wonderful word that really describes God's power to not only deliver us, but enlarge us. Because God delivered the children of Israel from 400 years of slavery, and then enlarge them into a promised land flowing with milk and honey. So could the meaning of this word, Passover, have anything to do with Jesus? If it does, what are the implications for your Christian life? The Jewish feast of Passover takes place every year in the springtime on the 14th day of the Hebrew month of Aviv, which falls somewhere in March or April on our calendar. The Jewish people have celebrated Passover for nearly 3,500 years since the days of Moses. But what could a 3,500-year-old Jewish festival have to do with me anyway? And lots of times, Christians, we, we don't identify with the feasts of Israel because we, we don't see how it relates to us. We don't see Jesus in these feasts. But as you study the feasts of Israel, you see Christ all through the feast. So how did Passover get its name? Well, the Jewish people were in bondage and slavery in the land of Egypt for 400 years. God called Moses to deliver his people from the evil hand of Pharaoh. After nine plagues sent by God, locusts, frogs, the Nile River turning to blood and such, Pharaoh was unwilling to let God's people go. You see, Egypt's economy was driven by the slave labor of over one million Jewish people. Some say there was as many as three million Jews living in Egypt at this time. The last plague was to be the death of the firstborn throughout all of the land of Egypt. God gave the Jewish people a way to save themselves from this plague. But how? They were to take a spotless one-year-old lamb from their flocks into their homes on the 10th day of Aviv and observe it for four days, making sure it was qualified, perfect, without blemish. The four-day waiting period relayed to each family the truth that an innocent lamb was going to die in their place. In this way, they would come to know the meaning of sacrifice. As the sun set on the 14th day of Aviv, the lamb was to be sacrificed in every Jewish home. Considering there was over one million Jews, that would have been a lot of lambs. Think about that. Each family would take the blood of their innocent and spotless lamb and paint it on the doorpost of their home. At midnight, the judgment of the Lord came down upon all of Egypt, but when God saw the blood of the lambs on the doorposts of Jewish families' homes, his judgment passed over them. That's where we get the word Passover. God saw the blood, he passed over the homes of the Jews. This final judgment was all Pharaoh could handle, so he let the children of Israel break free from bondage. What is significant about Passover for us? Well, the Passover celebration is a beautiful picture of an innocent lamb dying in the place of others, and by that death, setting them free from slavery. If this story sounds familiar, 
you're already on the deeper meaning of the Passover. Here are three really good reasons to seriously investigate Passover. And again, I'll say that if you study the Feast of Israel, it'll add rich meaning to your Christian life. Number one, because John the Baptist connects Jesus to the Passover. When Jesus was walking along the Jordan River during the time that John was baptizing people with the baptism of repentance. He saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's in John 1.29. So John connects Jesus to the Passover Lamb. Amazing. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Number two, because Paul the Apostle connects Jesus to Passover. In 1 Corinthians 5-7, Paul said, For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. He is saying that Jesus is the innocent Passover Lamb who died in the place of others. Now we're getting closer to the meaning of Jesus in the Passover. And then the third reason to investigate this wonderful feast of Israel, Passover, is because God said that Passover will be celebrated for all of eternity. And God gave several orders regarding the feast of Passover. Here's two. Obey these instructions as an eternal ordinance for you and your descendants. This is God's instruction in Exodus chapter 12, verse 24. Is God saying Passover will be celebrated in heaven? Apparently so. In the instances where John sees Jesus in heaven, there are several times he sees him in the form of a lamb. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, Revelation 5.6. Jesus is portrayed as a lamb, listen, 31 times in the book of Revelation. As the saints worship Jesus, the Passover lamb in heaven, they sing about the lamb's sacrifice. You were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's Revelation 5, 9. The language of the Passover will remain forever and ever and ever. And there's rich meaning in the connection the New Testament writers make between Jesus and Passover. And studying Passover will add a rich dimension to your Christian life. As you discover the truth about Passover, you will desire to connect to your Jewish roots and the Jewish people as well, offering them your love and support. And besides this, it's a really good warm-up for heaven one day because we'll be singing about the Lamb forever and ever and ever. So you can go to IsraelTeam.org, and if you want to help us in these uh, events, reaching students on college campuses in the month of April, you can go to IsraelTeam.org, and for a donation of any size, this month we'll send you our, our two books. One is called The Casualty of Contempt. The other is called uh, Two Minute Warning with Coach Bill McCartney. We'll see you on the other side as we talk about Passover and God's deliverance and enlargement program. Hi, this is Aaron Free. I'm asking you today for your partnership in Standing with Israel team as we turn the tide of the growing discontentment and contempt towards Israel on college campuses. The exponential rise of anti-Israelism is breathtaking. One prominent megachurch pastor recently proclaimed in a sermon series to his young congregation that we need to unplug from the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. He also proclaimed that Christians need to distance themselves from any Jewish values taught in the Bible. 
This notion comes from a theological perspective known as replacement theology. It teaches that God ultimately has no further use for the Jewish people or the land of Israel. This theology is now spreading like a cancer through evangelical college campuses. If nothing is done to push back against this growing trend, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel within 10 years. Your tax-deductible gift to Israel team advocates will help us communicate God's love for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses. This month of March, Israel team is offering a two-book set for your tax-deductible donation of any size, and your gift will help us continue to stand with Israel. The first book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It, has 16 authors, including Jay Sekulow, the chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice. The second book, two-minute warning why it's time to honor Jewish people before the clock runs out. It's a book I co-wrote with Coach Bill McCartney from Promise Keepers. This book will teach you about the Jewish roots of Christianity. When good people like you become more aware of these growing trends and stand in unison together, the cancer of contempt towards our Jewish friends might well be reversed. Please go to IsraelTeam.org to the donate section, and we will send you this two-book set for a tax-deductible gift of any size. That's IsraelTeam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome back to Israel and You, and we want to invite you to two live events. Israel Team is coming to a city near you. And so on April 26th, 7 p.m. at Cottage Hill Baptist Church, uh, we're doing a live event called A Night to Honor Israel and the Jewish People. The keynote speaker will be Coach Bruce Pearl, head men's basketball coach from Auburn University. It'll be a wonderful night. Uh, students are invited from surrounding universities. One professor is bringing his entire class. And then on April 29th, the same week, uh, at Auburn, at Auburn Lakeview Baptist Church near Auburn University, Coach Pearl will be speaking again at a night to honor Israel. So there's going to be Jewish music, uh, the Jewish community is invited, and it'll be a wonderful night for the Christian community to honor and respect uh, the Jewish community. So today uh, on our program, we're talking about Passover. And uh, we talked about two things that God said regarding Passover. And the first is that Passover will be an eternal celebration. And the second is God instructed that you should teach your children about Passover in Exodus chapter 12, verse 26 through 27. So it's the parental responsibility to tell their children about God's delivering power. So you might say, I, I get it. Jesus is connected to the Passover that took place in Egypt over 3,500 years ago. But how does this affect me today? The answer, discovering Christ in the Passover will bring awesome encouragement to your life. And here's just a few real-time encouraging points to ponder. First of all, the Passover lamb was to be examined four days in the houses of the Jews. Did Jesus fulfill this? Yes. After the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, during the week of his passion, Jesus entered the temple, God's house, and displayed himself openly to the leaders of Israel from Aviv 10 through 14, exactly four days. Why does this matter to you? 
During these four days Jesus spent in the temple, no one probably understood that Jesus was fulfilling God's will as the Passover lamb with careful attention to detail. You can be assured that when you don't really understand what the Lord is doing in your life, he will always pay close attention to detail and is always working to fulfill the Father's will in your life. Secondly, the lamb was to be perfect and without blemish. Did Jesus fulfill this? Yes. During the week of his crucifixion, Jesus was put under the theological, moral, and ethical microscope by Pilate, Herod, Caiaphas the high priest, the centurion, and the thief on the cross next to Jesus, the thief that repented. Why this matters to you. If you cannot trust the one who sacrificed himself for your sin to be perfect, how can you know that your sin has totally been covered and forgiven? If you cannot trust in Jesus as your spotless Passover lamb in this life, how can you trust him to secure your salvation for eternity? But he was cross-examined and found to be innocent. Years later, the apostle Peter would proclaim with authority, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. First Peter eighteen. I'm for, sorry. First Peter one eighteen through nineteen, and then chapter two verse twenty two. The words to one of the songs John heard the saints singing in heaven were, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise." You can trust that Jesus, your Passover Lamb, is worthy of honor and perfect in all of His ways. He will never leave you or forsake you now or forever. Thirdly, the blood of the lamb had to be applied to the doorpost. Did Jesus fulfill this? Yes. In order for his judgment to pass over a household, God needed to see the lamb's blood sprinkled on the doorway. Jesus, the spotless lamb, shed his blood for your sin. When God sees the blood of Christ applied to the doorpost of your heart through repentance and faith in Jesus, forgiveness flows to you from God's throne of mercy. Paul tells us in Romans 5, 9, since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we, shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Why does this matter to you? In the Passover, God made a distinction between his people and those who were not his people, between the saved and the lost. And the same is true through Christ. When you accept him as your only savior, your name is written where? In the Lamb's book of life, Revelation thirteen eight, And you are set apart from the world. Today, Many are proclaiming there are lots of ways to be saved and different ways to heaven. But once again, as in the Passover, God is offering the world one way to be free from the bondage of sin, and that is through the blood of Jesus, the only door to heaven. Jesus said in John ten nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. The assurance of knowing the blood of Jesus is my only option for salvation helps me to stand firm against the many voices offering ways to be cleansed from sin. Uh, there's so many truths that we find in, in Passover. Here, here's another one. Fourthly, in Jesus' day, the Passover lamb was chosen out of a flock in the city of Bethany by the high priest. 
led through the eastern gate of the city of Jerusalem on the tenth day of Aviv, as the people waved palm branches and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The lamb was taken immediately to the temple and examined for four days to determine it had no spots or blemishes. And on Aviv 14, Passover day, the lamb was tied to the altar of sacrifice at exactly nine o'clock in the morning and at exactly three o'clock in the afternoon the high priest would sacrifice the lamb and loudly proclaim it is finished did jesus fulfill this yes on the 10th day of aviv jesus the lamb of god came from the home of lazarus in the city of bethany and rode upon a donkey through the eastern gate of jerusalem which is palm sunday in the christian tradition as the people waved palm branches and shouted hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord jesus immediately went to the temple and was cross-examined for four days and found to be without fault or blemish at nine o'clock in the morning on the 14th day of aviv passover day after suffering the beating and scourging of the roman soldiers jesus was nailed to the cross the altar of sacrifice and exactly three o'clock that afternoon as the high priest was sacrificing the passover lamb and shouted it is finished jesus loudly proclaimed at the same exact moment it is finished and then gave up his spirit uh, to god the father why this really is important to you though timeless god presently functions in the realm of time galatians 4 4 says that jesus came to earth in the fullness of time jesus fulfilled the feast of passover down to the very day the hour and the second to show you and i he is in control of time and this means he is the authority over the times in your life have you ever had times of despair when you wondered if god was going to rescue you remember what peter said god knows how to rescue the godly out of trial all you have to do is look towards the passover lamb jesus he offered his blood as a sacrifice for sin for the whole world at exactly the right time he came to earth at exactly the right time, offered his body in the tree at exactly the right time, and gave up his spirit in death at exactly the right time. Your rescue and deliverance will come. You can be sure of it. this because Jesus, your Passover lamb, my Passover lamb, has proven always to be right on time. And there's so much more you can investigate and learn about Jesus' connection to the Old Testament. And the deeper your appreciation of the wonderful Savior will become when you study these connections. Someone once said the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so we find so much rich meaning in studying the Jewish feasts and understanding that Jesus, uh, our Savior, is found in all of these feasts. What I love about Passover is that it's the 10th plague over Egypt. It was the, the plague of the, the loss of the firstborn throughout all of Egypt and the saving of the Jewish people as they uh, were protected under the blood of the lamb painted on the doorpost. But the ninth plague was the plague of darkness. Someone once said, it's darkest before the dawn. And that's true. And the coronavirus has covered the world with a sense of foreboding darkness over the last year. And it's almost a darkness that can be felt. But the Bible says in that ninth plague, 
there was darkness over all the land of Egypt, but there was light in the homes of the Jews. So it is darkest before the dawn. The ninth plague of darkness uh, was setting the stage for the tenth plague where the Jews were delivered from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. So be encouraged. God knows how to deliver the righteous out of trials. Not only does he desire to deliver you, he desires to enlarge your sphere of influence and enlarge your life. Go to IsraelTeam.org and you can go to the donate button and receive these two new books this month. We encourage you to go to IsraelTeam.org. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.